Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. All right, good morning, Antioch. How's everybody doing? Special welcome. I don't know where all the college are, but just, hey, welcome back, you guys. We, we love Horn Frogs here and uh, love what God is doing uh, on the campus at Texas Christian University. And that was actually, a, you know, a key part of why we moved down here to Fort Worth was we wanted to see college students coming together in community, catching a vision for the church and the mission of God and then going out wherever you work, whatever your job is, whatever your mission field is, and making a difference in the world. And uh, that's what we want to see happen. Um, I just want to do a quick plug here. Next week, we've been announcing this the last couple of weeks, <clears throat> but next week we're having a special giving day, uh, a day of extraordinary giving. Just we do this, we did it last year. I don't know if it's an annual thing. Annual thing or not, but but just a day to uh, just to do over and above giving, and we want to do some special gifts for uh, Unbound, which is our anti-trafficking ministry here in the church, and also we want to just gather up some money and give it to some other churches here in Fort Worth. We believe that money talks and it brings walls down. We are one in Christ, but there's just something powerful about. People, they, they, oh, you really do love me. You, you're giving me some money, you know, and it just it communicates in a tremendous way. So I want everybody to jump in on that. We're going to uh, Kim and I are <clears throat> praying about what we're going to do and looking forward to that as well. So if you would open your Bibles right now to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20, we're starting a little three part series called the church can change the world. And we really believe that we believe that because. It's God's plan. Jesus is really into this. So here we go. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, <clears throat> He asked His disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, He asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, and then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, uh, you know, we're starting the short series today on the church. The church can change the world. And you may hear that the church can change the world. You may go, really? But really, it's God's plan. It's God's eternal plan. It's God, God always planned to, for the church to be this called out, called together people from every tribe, language, nation and tongue. And if you look around this room and really look, I could have got a better perspective maybe, but if you look around, there's all different kinds of backgrounds and ethnicities and different, I'm sure, places that we're from in the, the different parts of the country, especially because of the college and, and just we're, we're all over the map. And God has taken all this diversity and made us to be one people. 
it's, it's mind-blowing. It really is. It's an awesome thing that God is doing. And I want to spend a little time today casting vision for God's heart for the church and the revelation of Jesus Christ that, that means so much to us. Um, you know, part of this calling is to actually see ourselves as family. And when I say family, I know we've got different tapes on that and different backgrounds and all kinds of stuff, but family's a, a big word because God is, He's a family God. And He invites us into the fellowship of the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Paul talks about that at the beginning of Ephesians and says that He chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. And in love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. That's an incredible deal. And what that means is we're called to oneness as not just the church around the world, but even right here at Antioch and Fort Worth and right here in the city. So it's like all this diversity is to actually come together in oneness as family. And even as our unique flavor of church and church life here in Antioch, we come together with the other congregations that love Jesus Christ all around the city. And together, we, even though we're different, we make up one whole family. Does that make sense? And that's the way we're called to live here. And depending on our background on family, we may approach family and go, man, my family was broken. And for whatever, whatever the different reasons are, the way I grew up. And so I, I come to the idea of oneness, but I'm independent and I'm always just kind of pushing against family or fan or oneness. And depending again on our brokenness, we might come flip the other side of the coin. And instead of independence, we go codependent. And we're like, I want you to do everything for me and I want to get life out of you. Both deals are broken. Uh, <laughs> I may cough here. To say, I don't know what that was. But, but, but God wants to bring us to wholeness. To like God is a, a community. He's one, but there's distinction. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He wants to bring us to oneness, but we're distinct. Cole's not Jamie and Jamie's not Cole. And so it, there's a wholeness and a oneness that he's calling us to that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I, just the more I look at God, you know, and the more I think about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, love, and, and a oneness that's just so one, you got to say he's one, but you also say he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's just a beautiful thing to me. And maybe you haven't thought that much about the church and being the hope of the world or changing the world. Or maybe you've been hurt. Something that happened in the past by the church. You know, there's people that have been hurt. But And I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. It's not the church, it's people. It's not the concept of church. It's the people in the church. You know, people hurt us. And we hurt people. Has anybody only been hurt and never hurt anybody else? This... A fresh way of thinking about that. But uh, I just want to share a little bit about our vision right out of this passage uh, this morning and, and talk about things. Once you start to see the, the way Jesus sees the church, it blows you away. It's wonderful. You get excited about it. You get excited about God's people. And what Paul says in, in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, the church is the eternal purpose of God. Now, what are you going to do with your life? College, guys, girl, gals. What are you going to do with your life? A lot of decisions coming up. What are you going to do with your life? 20s, 30s. Do you know, I'll just go ahead and let you guys in on a secret. There's some people over here that are around 40 and they're still trying to figure out what's, what am I going to do with my life? 
Any, any 40-year-olds ever ask that question? Does my life matter? It's called a midlife crisis. And it's a good thing to think about. I love having them. They've gotten me, they've gotten me, not like open collars and Harleys, but gold chains, but they've gotten me to do some crazy stuff for God. To, to live like I'm going to die one day and serve God's purpose in my generation. So, so it's good to have a, a sense of the brevity of life. And let's, I mean, man, why not go for it? Whatever you do, whatever your vocation is in all of life, whatever your work is, all of that kind of stuff, why not order your life and connect it, whether it's business or whatever, but connect what you do to God's eternal purpose? Man, I mean, that's, that's, turn it up loud, chunk it down, walk off the stage. That is, that's a way to live. That's what I'm just talking about. We started this church a little over 25 years ago. And uh, way back, way back then, uh, way back then it was called Christ Fellowship. That's how we started. And we, 25 years, we celebrated 25 years of Christ Fellowship back in December. And we formally, you know, changed our name with the move to, to, to Antioch, which is the movement we've been connected with now for many, many years. And, uh, and so we started with 13 adults and 14 kids. Just shared a little bit of our story. And, uh, you know, we said, man, we want, our vision at that time was to be the church. We just want to be the church. Like, we thought, man, if we could do that, wow, this is going to be a crazy, wild, wonderful, awesome, incredible ride. If we could be the church. The church like we, and we just started dreaming. What would it be like to see church like we read about here in the book of Acts? You know, to see church like that with all that life and vitality and power. And we started having prayer meetings and we pray for a long time, but, and, the prayer meeting is actually where we discovered the power of God. That, and it's like we had a revel, like, hey, you know, Susie, that girl we were praying for, you know, she's, she got healed. Oh, wow, that's okay. And, and a few of those things started happening. We finally started going, oh, wow, God answers prayer and God heals people still today. You know, and just one thing after another, people started getting saved. We we're praying for people. We'd put big lists of people that we wanted our friends to know the Lord and they'd, they'd get saved just one after another, after another, after another. I remember one year we were praying and, and we prayed for a salvation a week and we had, and we were just a little church at the time, and we had somebody get saved every single week that whole year because we were praying, you know, and God answers prayer. I've had some cool little answers to prayer this week that have just been little serendipities from God. Like, I'm, I'm involved in what you're doing. I hear you. Um, we love to worship, you know, still love. That's, I, I love. There's just things that happen in worship that doesn't happen anywhere else. You know, your mind gets renewed. It's hard to stay like, I just want to leave here and go sin. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm like, I want to live for God. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to abide in Him. I want to know His love and share that love with others. That's what happens in the place of worship. You know, and, and uh, we had this vision, like we want to see worship like we read in the Bible. Uh, and, and there's all these different things that Scripture says that I had never experienced, and it doesn't mean you have to stand, kneel, clap, shout, fall, dance. Uh, you, you don't have to do all those things on any given Sunday, but there's the freedom there to do that. To, to worship in spirit on the inside, all the way in truth and reality onto the outside. And we want to be that kind of, we want to be that kind of people. And, and we had this vision early on that if we have God's life in us as individuals, we're going to share and multiply that life. It's going to get out. We can't contain it. Living things multiply. And that life couldn't be contained in our life groups. 
that healthy living life groups should be giving birth to other life groups. And we had that vision for the congregation, the whole big church. Was that the church itself, if it's got the life of God flowing in it, it should be giving birth to other congregations. Does that make sense as a vision? And so we, the way we say that in a sentence is our vision is to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church through new disciples, new life groups, new congregations to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. So I'm in. I'm, I still love that. I, it's been a great, it's been a great ride. The way we say that in one, uh, another, we got a little catchphrase is we want to be a life giving, multiplying, reproducing Christ manifesting church. So here we are all these years later trying to pursue that. In 2002, we moved the church after, I mean, we really sensed the Lord leading us to move down. And I want to say this for the college, like we we're not, we didn't just happen to be here. Like the Lord led us to move, to sell our homes and to move as missionaries to Fort Worth in 2002. And part of that, it was to have the diversity that we're getting to have as a part of our city to re- reflect the diversity in our city, but also to reach college students. We wanted to create a runway, a pipeline for people having their lives rocked and changed and being able to go out and be disciples that make disciples and all of that kind of stuff. And to, if you're even called to go do this thing again someplace else, we want to empower you to do that. That's, that's why, that's why we moved. You know, we had missionaries going to Thailand at the time. And we told the members of the church, hey, you may never move to Thailand as a missionary, but will you consider selling your house, moving with us as missionaries for the sake of reaching people in Fort Worth, Texas? And that's, that's like, uh, you say, well, uh, I feel like I need to cross water or leave. Like, we're following God to be here. This is a, this is a part of the call of God. And I just want to pull everybody in on that. You're, we're a part of something that God is doing, and it's, it's exciting. We're also a part of a larger movement called, uh, called Antioch, obviously. And, um, you know, so down through the years, we've sent hundreds out to plant churches, and then even more to do short-term mission trips and longer-term mission stuff. Uh, I think this summer we had, how many bases were there uh, over in Indonesia? Seven, seven bases we sent from the, uh, the 35 U.S. Antioch churches. We sent 1,300 people there for the summer to do missions and reach out. It's just, that's the atmosphere. That's the environment. That's who we are. That's what we're called to do. Life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ manifesting. And so today, in this message and in these next couple of messages, we want to cast some vision for Jesus, for Christ, and the church, and the glory of God, and to stir up our hearts for what God's doing in our midst and in our generation and in these days, and we want to join Him straight up. We want to we want to join with. We want to see God, and we want to join with what He's doing. So here's the main thing: in one sentence, God's calling us to see and treasure Jesus Christ together. I could just stop there, but I'm going to keep going and express the will of heaven on the earth. Can we just let's just read that together? God is calling us to see and treasure Jesus Christ together and express the will of heaven on the earth. That's what we want to do. Okay, so God's inviting us today to to really see, to have a vision of number one, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Verse 15, 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
Blessed are you, Simon. This wasn't revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. So that question, who is Jesus, is the question of the ages, right? Who is Jesus and what will you do with Him? How will you respond to Jesus? That's the, that's the, that's the question. You know, years ago, a guy named C.S. Lewis, real famous kind of English scholar guy, wrote a bunch of books, said, said, Jesus, I mean, he's, if you really read what he's saying, he, if he's not who he says he is, and you can't say those things and be sane. You don't say you're God. You don't say you've come from heaven and you perfectly reveal God. You know, that's not unless that's what you do. That's who you are. So he said he's either a lunatic or he's a liar. He's just not telling the truth or he is the Lord that he claims to be. And so that question is just absolutely huge for us. And Peter's answer is is awesome. You are the Christ. Now, Christ is not Jesus last name. Just everybody, everybody knows that I'm just making that clear. It's not not Jamie Miller, Jesus Christ. Christ is is um, it, it means Messiah. It means the long-awaited King who was coming. It means anointed in the Holy Spirit. So all of those things are happening. When you say Christ, you are saying King, Messiah, anointed in the Holy Spirit. When you say the Son of the Living God. If you think about that and just unpack that a little, the Son is the Son of the Eternal Father. That means the Son of the Eternal Father. He's the Eternal Son. He's always been the Son. And the Father's always been the Father. And they share that love and communion and anointing in the Holy Spirit. So to say Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is to say Trinity. Is to say it's at the heart of the relational depth of who we are as Christians is located right there. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. You will never get to the end of that. It's just so good. It's rich. It's full. It's incredible. He is the image of the invisible God. I'm just going to talk about Jesus for a little bit. He's the image of the invisible God. He is the radiance of the glory of God. The outshining perfections and manifestation of God. It's in Jesus Christ. He is the One in whom... Uh, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is God in a, the fullness of deity in a body. That's Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just like boosh, mind-blowing. He is the Word. Now, He's not just a Word. He's the Word. He is God's expression of Himself. So when we read these Scriptures, we're looking to see Jesus who is the living Word. Does that make sense? You know, this is not, we don't bow down and worship this, but we do bow down and worship the one this points to. I feel like I'm really trying to preach. And so I just want to set you free. If something is really like, oh, that's a good point, you say, hey, oh, that's good. Good. It's good, Jamie. Preach. And it'll draw out more out of me. I promise. So he, thank you, he's the word. He is the Word. And so in Him was life and just the fullness of life. Whatever He spoke, it happened. And there, all that's been created has been created through His Word. And there's nothing that's been created that is without Him. In fact, Hebrews goes on and says, He sustains all things by His powerful Word. It's not like, you know, we're living somehow alive and breathing, disconnected from His 
life itself. And we want to know the fullness of salvation that comes through Him. He's sustaining all things by His powerful Word. And then, wow. You know, John said, he doesn't say wow, but he says, we've seen His glory. It's kind of like saying wow. We've seen His glory. The glory of the one and only who is at the Father's side has made God known to us. He came in the flesh so that we could see what God is like. That's just, that's like, that just blows my, I just can't get over it. This is the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And He is, and here's the point I'm trying to make, He is from heaven. Jesus is God in the flesh from heaven. He's where heaven and earth meet. Jesus Christ. He's, he makes heaven known to us. He makes God known to us. And this revelation, what Jesus is saying here is this revelation is from heaven. Peter, you didn't get that on your own. Really? I, I thought you just asked me a question. I said, you're the Christ, the son of, the... no, you didn't, no, that's from heaven. That's from my father. That's a revelation. And that's the way this thing is still happening. We think, oh, if I could stand up here and preach some words that are eloquent enough, it's not how it works. It's a revelation from the Father to you through the Spirit to see who Jesus Christ is. It's mind-blowing. You know, for all the anti-supernatural, non-hearing-the-voice-of-God people, that's the way revelation actually happens. It's like, uh, to see Jesus Christ is a revelation from heaven. Ah! I'm just like, wow, that is incredible. I've come from heaven to bring you into the Father's love. That's what Jesus is saying to us. And so all of this seeing and hearing and confessing, that's the revelation of Jesus. It's amazing. It changes everything. and It shows us what God is really like. And all our ideas of God, all the different crazy things that we get going in our heads about God have to submit to the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. He's the lens through which we look, the right lens, through which we look to see what God is, is really like. So that's, that's what's going on there. And ultimately, this kingdom that He's bringing, this reign that He's bringing, is the love that was always shared, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from before, you know, before creation. And this love is, it looks like the cross. It looks like self-giving, other-centered. The biblical Greek word is agape. It's like, it, it's like unconditional love. And that's so, that's so mind-boggling for us. We, we think, because of the fall, we think in terms of conditions. I'm going to love you unless... I'll love you unless you leave me. I'll love you unless you cheat on me. I'll love you unless you uh, gossip about me. I'll love you unless you hurt me. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's a conditional. And so God comes in Jesus and at the cross, He dies for enemies. He dies for everyone that doesn't deserve it. And you don't, you don't live the Christian life and then start to deserve it. Now we follow Him and we give Him our lives. We want to abide Him. We want to live a life of faith but He's done it. And you can't. We can't. No one can. And this is powerful, radical, good news. And, you know, part of this news is is that we always have difficult people in our lives so that we can learn how to love like this too. 
There's always going to be difficult people. Emily, I'm, we, we, there was this really, I hope she's not here today, but there was this really <laughs> difficult person in Emily's, Emily's life, and she's a little elementary school girl, and, and, uh, and we were just trying to work it through with her, and I'm not even going to say, we're going to say her name's Susie, it's a different name, and, uh, but, but we grew up with, just, with kids growing up, and we said, hey, there's always going to be Susies in your life. There's, there's, there's always going to be difficult people. There's always going to be difficult political views. Like, golly, why do they think that? Right? There's always going to be difficult. I mean, just even in church, you guys, we're, we're coming to get nobody's got it down and nobody's perfect and people blow it. People. It's that whole. Have you ever heard anybody? Yes. Did you mean to? No, you probably were trying to do it about the best you could do with what you had and the skills you were given growing up. And everybody's kind of in the same boat on that. That's part of our, our fall, right? So the second piece there. Jesus, he wants, God wants us to really see Jesus who is the Son of the living God and who is building His church. This is huge. Like This is what Jesus is doing. He's building His church. And for if we've got a low view of church, man, we want to get like... Jesus, I want to have your view of the church. I want to start seeing the church the way you... Oh, you're about building the church. I want to be in on that. I want to, have, I want to elevate my view of the church. So the church is the body of Christ. Like Paul, Saul at the time, on the road to Damascus, you know, blinding light, sees Jesus. And Jesus says to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, was he physically persecuting Jesus or was he persecuting the church? It's the church, but the church is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So that I just I want to elevate the church a bit in our minds here. Jesus is head over all things for the church, which is his body. So that means like you want to be into the reign of God, you want to be into the kingdom and all of that, then you've got to be connected to the church because the church is the focal point of the reign of God. He's head over all things for the church. The church is the bride. This, 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 uh, this intimate partner that he's creating and making ready for himself. That's us. And, and so that's us together. It's a big deal. We, 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 we need a higher view of the church. The church, um, is the vision of Jesus. This called out, I just have this phrase going in my head, called out, called together, people from every tribe, language, nation, and tongue. That's who we are. We're called out and called together to do that. And we're called into the way of love, which expresses the reign of God. The way of love. It's at the heart of it. The way of love. And it's again, it's different from the fallen, conditional... And, and let me just say it this way. Sometimes we go, well, there's certain people that aren't worthy of my love or they've hurt me or whatever the deal is, the way Paul says it at the end of Ephesians is, he says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So if they have flesh and blood, it's somebody that we're supposed to love. So, you know, we're actually supposed to love everyone. And the hard part is love our enemies. And so, Again, back to the cross, what does God demonstrate for us while we were broken, lost, 
dead in our transgressions and sins, the ways that we used to live when we followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The Spirit is now at work in those who are disobedient. You know, but God in love made us alive in Jesus Christ even when we were dead in transgressions and sins. It's good news. It's just absolutely good news. The church is all of these things. I'll hit one more picture here. The church is the building of God. And I've been reading some about Paul this week and just reflecting on his conversion. It's just, it's just mind blowing to me that this guy, he's the Jew of Jews. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's a Pharisee. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. That's, he says all that in Philippians. It's just, what? Wow. You know, and he has zealous for God. He has this encounter with Jesus Christ and everything changes. And he deeply thinks about everything. And then he ends up being a primary proponent of church planting and the church spreading throughout the known world at the time. It's just, it's incredible. But one of the things I was thinking about is that for Jews, the temple is the place where heaven met earth. And literally in temple art, it's got the picture of the heavens. And then it's got pictures of growing things on the earth. And so it's for the Jewish, in the Jewish mind, it's the place where heaven meets earth. But then God actually comes to the temple in Jesus Christ. He pronounces judgment. And then he says, but if this thing's torn down, I'm going to raise it up and I'm going to build a new temple in three days time. And the point here for us is we are both Jew Gentile together as one body in the Messiah, in Jesus Christ. All over the world, we're one people in Him. And Paul says it's like, it's not like, we're, we're a new temple in Him. We're the building of God. In Ephesians, end of chapter 2, he says it this way. Everybody tracking with me? Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. So, rather than just seeing the church as kind of a gathering of some Christians that are just waiting on Jesus to come or us to die so we can go to heaven and be out of here. <laughs> like nobody does that, right? But that's kind of maybe in the back of our minds sometimes. Like what do, what's the purpose of all of this? The purpose of all of this is that we would be the place where heaven is breaking into the earth. That the kingdom really is coming. That this way of love, this way of life, this way of justice, this way of peace, this way of salvation, this way of forgiveness, this way of hope and meaning and purpose and destiny in our lives and in the world around us, all of that God is wanting to break in and through us. So, like, uh, it's just, it's amazing to me. We are the place, not the building, you know? I mean, you can't get too, like, worked up about our building, right? It's just a building. But we are the building. The people. This is what's so powerful about the church. We are that people. The people of His presence. The place where His power rests and His love and His life. And heaven wants to be expressed in and through us. And that's the third thing. God is really wanting us to see Jesus Christ who's expressing the will of heaven through us. 
Again, verse 19 there from the passage in Matthew. He says, I tell you, you're Peter. On this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Anybody think that on... Uh, what's that song? Uh, I don't think we've sung that before. Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Na, na, na. Gee, uh, it not be it not be overcome. Something about. We may want to use a first service message on this. Just kidding. Just playing. But not gates of hell. Gates of Hades not going to overcome. Like the the gates aren't marching around. It's us. We're the ones where the kingdom is coming in and through. The gates, this kind of radical self-sacrificing, cross-looking, agape love, the gates of hell cannot even stand against that. They, they are crushed. They're, they're, they're overcome in the name of Jesus. And in His life and power, overcome. And so Jesus then says, and I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. It's amazing. You know, God could have already done everything. This is what I always like. God could have already done everything, but He's wanting to work in people. He's wanting to work with men and women who will give their lives to Him and express the will of heaven on earth. That was always the plan. Not a new plan. Same old plan. Garden of Eden, image of God, authority, reign, rule. We gave it up. God made a plan to get it back. He does that in Jesus Christ. I've got it all back. Now you go and do this. All authority is given to me. I'm giving it to you to express the will of heaven on the earth. And so, we pray and we bind things. Lord, don't let that happen. Stop that from happening. Stop that injustice from happening in the name of Jesus. We loose things. Lord, release Your love. Release salvation. Light, truth, the Gospel, downtown Fort Worth, Burleson, all these areas at the campus, TCU, on and on. Release these things. And we live a life in our actions, in our thinking that's renewed by heaven. You know, we, 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 we lose heaven in our thinking. We lose heaven in our actions. At school, uh, Chris is starting, he's a middle school principal, starts tomorrow, releasing heaven. Now, I don't know what all that's going to look like, but there's grace for all of us all around this room, no matter what we do, to be high impact expressing the will of heaven on earth through our lives and the way we live and talk and act and love and have marriages and have children and all the things, whatever your vocation is, everything all on for God. Releasing the will of heaven. And, you know, I just want to encourage everybody. Nobody, again, nobody does this perfect. Think about it like this. Peter gets a revelation from heaven. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what happens in the next couple of paragraphs? Jesus starts talking about going to the cross. He's going to die. He's going to suffer. Peter pulls him aside and says, hey, Lord, this is never going to happen to you. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Isn't that crazy? Is that like a little encouraging? It's a little encouraging because we all know that we do that kind of stuff. We are made to be gateway people for heaven, but we can also dredge up some of the foulest stuff out of, out of hell too. And, and that's what, when you see it on earth, it's because people have the freedom to express love to God. And that's 
That's why we see a lot of what we see. It's people's choices and, and we're not robots. But love is real. And love really it demands freedom or it's not really love. Yeah, so let me just wrap this up here. We want to choose the way of the kingdom and of love, not fear. Not fear. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love drives out fear. And practically, we are people on a journey. I, I am. Still blow it. People on a journey. And we all need love and grace. I need it and you need it. We all need it, right? We need to receive it and give it. it just, it's just so good when we, when we are grace and love receivers and grace and love givers. And then, practically on this journey, we use the keys of the Kingdom of Heaven. Everybody's been given it. In Christ, we have this power that God wants us to... And I think my word here is wake up. God wants us to wake up. It's, it's a... Come on. And, and the problem is I drift off and I still go to sleep sometimes. I still need, it's not like one time, follow Jesus, I woke up and now I'm woke up for the rest of my life. I gotta wake up and keep waking up and living this life of faith. I was saved, but I'm still being saved and I'm gonna be saved. It's a, it's an ongoing journey. You gotta start somewhere. Jesus, you are the Lord. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. But you don't stop there. You keep believing. It's this, we're going from darkness to light. We're going from death to life. We're going from uh, just blindness to sight. And Jesus is bringing light into our groping around places in our lives so that we can see what God's really, really like. He's always revealing Himself to us if we'll take the time to take a deep breath, set the nine different electronic devices down, and say, Lord, I love You. I worship You. Is there anything just fresh for me right now? And He is so good to communicate life and love and help and grace to us in the moment. You know, that's the power of Christ and the church and even His plan for glory being released through us as we... I had, somebody came up at, uh, after the service and said, I had a picture of the church being like a dam. And and we're it's like we're holding back all of the blessing that God wants to, like a river wants to flow through us. And I thought, yeah, that's great. I got a Bible verse for you too. It's been given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of the mystery that was hidden but is now revealed. And that administration is like, it's, it's the Greek word oikonomia. It's where we get the word economy from. And, and so we want to be people that don't hold on to all of this unbelievable riches, but actually let it flow like rivers of living water to the world around us. That's what we want to do. So here's an invitation for you as we're doing this, finishing, just wrapping up. Who is Jesus? And what do you say to that question? Who is Jesus? Who do, who do you say that Jesus Christ is? The most important question you're ever going to answer. Who do you say that Jesus is? And then what is He doing? And being able to clearly go, He's building His church! He's building His church! And all that that radically means to us and it's just—it's not just life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. It's the multi-ethnic epicenter, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. Father's love receiving, Holy Spirit empowered, Christ-manifesting church. 
It's all of that. We'll talk about that next week. And how do we partner with Him? We express the will of heaven on the earth. We pray. We live in a way that's in line with that other-centered, non-stop, Niagara, self-giving love of God. That's what we want to do. That's who we want to be. And want to invite you guys to join us. That's what we want to be about here at Antioch. Y'all stand up. That's Jesus. And that's the church. His people. And the will of God. Heaven breaking in. And we'll take five minutes here. We do this at the end of every service. We just respond to the Lord. We've got people up at the front for ministry. And, and I just want to say this. This little thing that we're doing right here is some of the most powerful stuff that we do all morning because God answers prayer. He changes lives. As we pray, He answers prayer. He, we get in agreement with heaven and stuff starts to happen. So I want to encourage you, if you're saying Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that's hitting you and that's a revelation for you for the first time, come and pray with somebody. Just That's, that's saying, I want to start the journey with Jesus. And if it's maybe it's a revelation about the importance of God's people, and you'd say, I want to get involved. I want to join in with what God, God's doing. Then I want to encourage you in that. Get prayer. And here's the key thing, just to wrap this up. We have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And so if you need a breakthrough, no matter what it is, we want to agree with you. We want to pray. And we're going to have people up at the front. It may fill up. But get somebody to pray with you and pray in the name of Jesus for things to be bound or loosed in Jesus' mighty name. And watch and see the God of the breakthrough move in your life. Father, meet us. We need you. We call on your name. Lord, touch every single person in this room with a greater revelation of the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys come, get prayer. Let's press into God. Go for it. Be hungry. Be radical about it. See the church change the world. Amen.